Hi, I'm Ungazi, and once again, you're welcome to another wonderful episode of The Zibi Show. It's, like I always say, an absolute honor to have you on the show. I've really missed doing this. You know, this is a show that um, is aired every Sunday. I know it's just been under a week, but I really miss doing it. I wish I could do this every day. <laughs> All right, and last week's episode was really nice. I enjoyed the feedback. I think it's one of my favorite episodes, yes. I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who tuned in to listen, as well as everyone who downloaded on any of the different platforms, Spreaker, SoundCloud, ForShared, and YouTube. So thank you very much, guys. And just in case you missed out, it's no problem. You can always go back to those places and you can listen to all the shows. Thank you so, so much. With regards to the show we did two weeks ago, Sterling Bank has still refused to speak out and give any response. They've still refused to open the accounts and they've still refused to basically talk about how to refund people their money. So we're calling on all Nigerians and everyone outside Nigeria to realize that sometimes certain institutions should be boycotted. And I think at this point, Sterling Bank is one of them. So Sterling Bank, we're still hoping and waiting for you to do the right thing. Anyways, on to today's show. I'm so excited. It's football season. Yes. I mean, everyone is so, so excited about the World Cup. I mean, it's crazy. It's in the air. Yes. Anyways, we've got a very special guest who's going to be talking to us about football, the World Cup, and a whole lot more. Um, let's drop a hint. <laughs> okay. So, He's played for an international team. Well, he's played for his country at the highest level. He's won an African Cup of Nations title. He's won an Olympic gold medal. He's played for top clubs in the UK like Sheffield. He's played in France. He's played in Norway. He's played like, you know, in Spain and, you know, some other places. <laughs> okay. Anything coming? All right. Well, this week's guest is none other than Patrick Sufo of the Indomitable Lions of Cameroon. Yes, he's a great guy and it's an absolute honor to have him on the show. Hi, Patrick. You're welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, let's talk about, you know, early life and growing up in Cameroon. Yes. How, how did you get into football? I grew up in an area where football was always the the first uh, the first thing for everyone. I live ne I live next to uh, one of the top teams in Cameroon, Training Ground, which is uh, Canon de Yaoundé. And my dad was uh, also involved in the football. He used to be like one of the directors of one of the top teams in Cameroon as well, which is Tonne de Yaoundé. Okay. So I pretty much grew up around the football. So it was only natural for me to be uh, to be involved with it. Okay. So, and then uh, with all my friends that I grew up with, we had a team in our area, uh, from area to area to play against uh, other guys. And then I had a chance to, to move in France when I was uh, about 14, 14, 15, uh, because I made uh, a selection of team uh, in Cameroon where they used to choose like the best team for each region 
so and then we go into a camp and then there they make like, uh, a team out of it. And then we went to France for a tournament and then never came back. <laughs> you never came back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so um, yeah. when you started playing football, because like a lot of Africans, you know, they say, oh, you know, they started playing football on the streets with family and friends. Like, did you ever think at that point, you know, you would get professional, like, you know, have a chance to play in Europe, you know? Well, to be fair with you, when I started, it was uh, like my hobby. That's what I like to do. Why other people would go and uh, ride their bikes and go and play my football. I didn't realize it was that serious until uh, we uh, we traveled to France uh, on the 15 team representing Cameroon in in France in that tournament where I got picked up. I didn't realize until then that uh, I could have made it my job. How was it, you know, moving from living in Africa, you know, moving to France? Was there like a culture shock for you? Was it um, a very different experience? Yeah, it was very very different experience for me. Um, you leave your family and friends and everyone behind, a new way of life, a new way of life, new people, new mentality. Yes. Uh, and I was very young. So I think you've had um, like one of the honours that a lot of footballers really, you know, hope they can get, like playing for your national team. Yes. Yes, I mean, growing up, uh, we look up to those guys, the one that were first. Yes. It was a top, top team in, in, in Africa. Okay. Uh, I mean, as you know, Nigeria and Cameroon were the, m- m- the most dominant team in Africa. Yes. And then uh, when I moved to France, I realized if I work harder, I might have a chance to represent my country, which is uh, something, uh, I mean, like no other experience. Okay, let's talk about 2002. This is not, yeah. you know, just about you right now. It's about the Lions, you know, the team. What was going on yes. with FIFA and the outfits? Because there was some controversy, you know, like something to do with the kits. They weren't right, according to FIFA. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, we went to the African Coordination in Mali. In, that was 2000. And then uh, our sponsor at the time was Puma that came out with the idea. I mean, we, there were three or four players selected in our team to go and choose the next kit. Okay. We went to Puma and chose to go with a slipper shirt as it was very, very hot in Mali. So we said, uh, we said to ourselves, yeah, that would be, that would make a difference, something that nobody ever done before. Okay. And uh, the worker, because of the, some sponsorship, we needed some, uh, sleeves to put like the FIFA logo on them. Uh, but for the African club, it was okay because we didn't have no obligation of, uh, of, uh, uh to put any logo on our yeah. shirts. And then the year later, we had this uh, all-in-one kit. Yes, that sounds a bit weird, though. Like, <laughs> that might have been a bit strange to wear an all-in-one, like, a swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> it was all pretty much like it. To be fair, I understood the decision not to allow that, allow that kit because of safety reason for ourselves, the players first. Okay. Uh, because uh, let's say you get injured and then they need to attend you. They can't oh, let you yes. Shut. So, yeah, it was only fair that FIFA didn't allow a kit at time. All right. Okay. I can see that now. So, I guess, you know, in that situation, FIFA probably did live up to, you know, its tagline for the good of the game. <laughs> yes. Okay. I did think, though, like seeing big guys wear, you know, sort of swimsuit dresses, <laughs> yeah, it might have been a bit inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> now, I can't resist this. I have to talk about Roger Miller. You know, he's yes. a legend. Yes, he is. He's the uh, biggest thing that ever happened to our football Cameroon. He's still the biggest name in Cameroon football, even though today we have the likes of Samuel Eto'o and, and, uh, and the rest. Yes. Because of him, we have Samuel Eto'o's, we have the Eto'o's, we have yes. the, all the songs and the, everyone today. He's the is our uh, point of reference when we talk about football in Cameroon and it's still very much involved in the football in Cameroon today. Oh, that's really nice. I always just had an obsession with him because yes. I feel like he ignited my love for football. Oh, and not only you though. Probably everyone uh, in Cameroon, I mean, everyone in our generation. Let's talk about that famous game, Korea-Japan 2002. Cameroon versus Germany. In general, that World Cup was a big disappointment for us, for our team, because at the time we had a very, very good team. With, uh, we learned to play, yes. but everything started very wrong for us. We had very good preparation. Before we traveled to Japan, uh, the same old problem started again. The administration not doing their bit, okay. and the player complained to get the, the share of the money. Right. So we spent a week in Paris in a hotel instead of... And the week that we were spending in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, getting used to the time and the climate. So yes, you know it, it, it reflects our game. You know, yes. because very, very, it was a big disappointment because we had, a, I mean, one of the greatest teams, Cameroon, yeah. and uh, we never managed to reach even the second round of the, of the tournament. And uh, talking about the game against uh, Germany, it was the game everybody was looking for. For yes. because first off, our coach was a German. And uh, really? uh, yeah, secondly, you know, Cameroon used to be on the Germany. I mean, a bit of the history of Cameroon. Okay. Before the French came, it was a German. Before oh, the French I didn't know French that. Came. Yeah, we used to be a German colony before, before both France and uh, England came. Okay. Watching the game afterwards, I don't think others are being okay. sent up that game. Yeah. So, but with football, like, I mean, I'm Nigerian, obviously, so I'm patriotic yes. to the Super Eagles. But when yes. it comes to, if I'm really being honest, my best teams in Africa are Senegal. You know, Senegal, I think it was in 2002. They were amazing. I think, was that 2002 or 2006, where they got to the quarterfinals? 2006. Oh, 2006. Gosh, I'm getting old. I keep mixing up the dates. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm getting even older than you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I think before 2006... My best team in Africa was Cameroon. <laughs> yes. I thought Rikabet's song was the coolest person on earth. I thought, you know, I thought he was like, he has such a strong character, you could see yes. in him. We almost grew up together, even a few years older than me. Shared a room together for 10 years, and wow. he was the best captain we, we ever had. Yeah, he had that fire, you know? Oh, you spot on one. Rikabet was on the, he was win at all costs. Yes. I mean, you yes. played country you have to give it up for your country so that's great let's talk about the gold medal yes in sydney yes. how did it feel at that moment oh my god always been at the back of my mind i'm thinking for myself personally uh seeing the players like the canoe uh, this guy winning the olympics i can't remember where he was canoe uh, or coach yes i can't remember where he was but they won that tournament I think it was I, in Atlanta. Maybe, 96. Yeah, 96, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It has always been a, in the back of my mind. If Nigeria can do it, then we can definitely do it. We said to ourselves that we're going to give our best. And the, the more the tournament we're going, the more we start believing. 
Yes. So it was a very, very good experience. It's one of the best experiences of my lifetime. Wow, that's perfect. And then with Nigeria winning in 90, um, 96 and then Cameroon winning in 2000, it's like the Africans are taking over. <laughs> Yes, we almost did. It seems to be some sort of football rivalry with Nigeria and Cameroon. Yes, it's only natural. We're neighbors, is it? Yes. <laughs> so, who doesn't want to look better than the other ones? <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> no, the truth is, um, there's no animosity between, between us, the players. You know, we all respect each other. Yes. And uh, you can see that when we play against each other, you know, they, and we all respect the ability of the others. We, mm-hmm. we know if there is a team in Africa that can beat us, it's probably Nigeria. And then at one point, if you look around, best players in Europe, best African players in Europe were either Nigerian or Cameroonian. Yes. Have you ever been to Nigeria? Yes, twice. Uh, I think it was the inauguration of the football stadium in Abuja. Okay. So I was captain in Cameroon. In the tournament, I was in Nigeria for two or three weeks. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, it was good. And uh, we, lo- we lost in the final against Nigeria. But oh, these it was two again. Fun. We can't help you. We had best, is it? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, let's talk um, about, you know, your career in England. Basically, a lot of the fans from Sheffield, they actually love you. Yes. <laughs> they love you. Like, it's been years since you left the club, but they keep saying, oh, we want you back with the problems, you know, uh, that famous battle. Yes. Do you think you were treated unfairly? To be fair with you, I've never, I've never tried to judge anyone after that. I've always looked back of my own uh, actions. Yes. And then if he was to do it again tomorrow... I'll do it the same again because I believe that when you are a team, you have to stand up for your teammates. Yes. So the only regret I have is not playing for the fans anymore because there was a really good communion between them and me. Yeah. Every time I was there, it was something unbelievable. Yeah, you had to be there to see. It. So every time we played in Sheffield, I had an extra motivation uh, just... I mean, even if you're not playing good, you mm-hmm. have to give you all for those fans because they're always there for you. And uh, I'm grateful I've played for that club because it's a massive, massive club in, in, in Yorkshire. Okay, let's talk about your career in... I'm sorry, I can't pronounce it. Is it in Nans? I'm sure it's a French no. word. No. Okay. And um, there were reports that, you know, you attacked a referee. Oh, everybody remembers me for the wrong reasons. I don't know why, but... <laughs> football all my life yes yeah. it's only normal that few incidents happens i don't mm. know what player that never had uh, any problem i never attacked every that was the wrong report wow when we played play the game in a, in a place called breast i mean we were winning the game one nil and then they had a free kick in the nine minutes in the game and uh, i stood in front of the board to make the play okay and uh, one of the opposite players come from about 20 yards and push me away like with so much violence I felt on my back wow. and the referee never ever reacted when I tried to complain to him mm-hmm. he, he tried to insult me insult me in the way that I mean any person would be offended okay. so I reacted by insulting him as well and then uh, I went after the guy pushed me so the scuffle started right. and he ended up in a fight so I defended myself and then I attacked everyone that was coming next to near me I don't know how people say, uh, I never attacked the referee. I'm certainly, yes, I never attacked him. 
I think to a certain extent that might be, you know, a stereotype of, you know, I'm not trying to be uh, funny, but... It has become a stereotype with me since the incident in Sheffield as well. Yes. So. I'm going to ask, do you think you had um, a hot temper or, you know, were you angry sometimes? I'm just like everybody else. You know, people that are very quiet um, are more suggest to react badly uh, than the others. So... Uh, let's talk about, you know, a few days ago, Yaya Toure, best yes. player in Africa. What do you think? Yes. Yeah, I mean, only fair, if you look around in the last few, two, three years, he's been the most consistent African player around. At two, Ben Obinita had his chance by winning the African Cup of Nations. I still think Yaya Toure was very, very consistent. Because uh, uh, with the difference with John Obi was like, uh, John Obi didn't play as much as he would have liked with Chelsea. Okay, we'll take a short break now and we'll listen to some nice music as always. <laughs> we'll be right back and don't go anywhere. Lots more when we come back. Yeah, let's do this. Night just end up. You know, it's your boy Joe Blouse. Yeah, okay. Mike Bills, what he do? Ninja Boys, you know we hustle hard. Yeah, you know we all about the stacks. Yeah, and nothing changed. I be Ninja Boy, gotta stay rapping. I got the whole hood on my back, rubbing until I hit the ceiling. Man, I won't stop stacking. All about the meal, certified paper chasing. My top down low, man, I'm on the third man lane. Boy, I stunned double, I was looking like a million. All them blinks on me, they platinum diamond. Yeah, I get a lot, changing like a million. I'm a dog, they're all around the brother like fleas. Yeah, I finna school them, here there's no fees. Ice on me, I could make that girl freeze like Tupac buckets all on me. I'm never on break, so why should I fail? I get my cheese home, no retail. Too big to ride, homie, I sell. I'm the biggest in that was a really nice song. I did find myself start to move quite a bit. <laughs> and that was Niger Boy by Joe Bloggs. He's a very nice young man, very talented. He comes from a very popular, I mean, really popular music family in Nigeria. It would be proper to refer to him as coming from music royalty. Very talented. Thing is, a lot of people actually know his family and know him, but they've probably not got an idea that he is Joe Bloggs. So if you'd like to listen to more of his music or find out more about him, uh, you can find him on Twitter. His handle is at Joe Bloggs SHB. That is J-O-E-B-L-O-G-G-S-S-H-B. Yes. So don't forget to do that. Uh, let's get back to the interview now. Let's talk about Ronaldo winning. Ballando. What do you yes, think? Uh, personally, as a football player, I think you should be judged uh, by your, uh, by your, but whatever you do yes. on the football pitch, and by judging by that, no one, no one came next to Ronaldo the last season, so it's only fair. Um, let's talk about retirement. Like, how do you handle retirement as a professional athlete? Yes. I mean, for myself, in my case, I had an operation in my knee about, I was 16 at the time. I had a broken oh. kneecap. And then, surely I was going in my career, the, the, the war seat was coming. So, mentally, I was more prepared than that. I was more prepared for that than probably anyone else. So, I knew in my case, it could, I could have started, uh, stopped any time, even before when I stopped. Okay. So, mentally, I was uh, a bit more prepared for that than anyone else. But, you know, it's never easy when you used to do something every day and all of a sudden 
you have to stop and start yes. over and start living a normal life again. Yeah. But uh, it's very hard. It was very hard for me the first two years after I started. Uh, seeing people play, you want to be there, but you can't be there. It's not easy at all. It's very, very difficult period in anybody's life. I'm good. I'm very happy with my life now. Okay, let's talk about your time with uh, Coventry Blues. I came to Coventry City in the, uh, the end of 2002 season. Okay. Uh, I was playing Dubai at the time and then I had an offer to come back in England. Uh, they gave me a chance to come back and play at the highest level. So I came to Coventry City and it was a, I mean, I would say it was a great experience. Uh, and we had the time Gary McAllister. I was a football man, uh, and he was the one convinced to come over here. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we had a uh, one good season, mm-hmm. and the season after, Gary had to leave, but his wife was ill, and then we started exchanging managers. We had like four managers the season. Wow. And uh, we all know that this is not the best for a team that is looking for, uh, that is for an ambitious team, you need a bit of stability. So, I had to leave, uh, not uh, not long after we start changing managers. Yeah. Over the years in football, there have been like you know cases of racism. Did you ever experience any form of racism while you were a player in England or in France? Yes, I did. I mean, but I've never really focused on it because for me, for a normal person, cannot have that kind of thinking in yes. today's world. So I always put it that way and just move on. It's a sad situation, but if we focus on it, we won't move on. So True. I just try to make the, the I mean, I just try to put it aside, not focus very, uh, and just move on with it. Okay. Okay, let's talk about 2014. I'm so excited. The World Cup. Mm. Are you as excited as I am? <laughs> of, course, uh, of course, Cameroon is there, and uh, Cameroon is there, and then. Everybody, uh, we probably we looking forward for that. I've never made made any major tournament last a few years. Yes. So yes, I'm really looking looking forward to that. See what's gonna happen. Uh, I can't wait for it to start. Group A: Brazil, Croatia, Mexico, and Cameroon. I think this is a group of death. What do you think? Uh, group of death. I don't know, but it's a group <laughs> where Brazil, Croatia, Cameroon, and uh, Mexico. Mexico. Very, very difficult. Apart from Brazil, I think all the other teams have the chances. I mean, it's going to be very, it's going to be very tough, that sure. I mean, I just can't wait for it to start. I'm so excited. I'm not even, <laughs> even thinking right now about it. So. Yes, that's perfectly, you know, I think it's in the air and everyone is saving up. Oh, I'm going to Brazil. I'm like, really, that's a lot of money. But good luck to those who can afford it. And for those of us who can't, we'll just watch on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, are there any squads you think we need to look out for? Ah, I saw with Brazil, Germany, Brazil, Germany, and then after you're going to depend on how people uh, go into the tournament. Yeah. So, yeah, I really think Brazil have a chance playing at home. Okay. Spain as well. Spain is always there, even though uh, the team, I think, I think personally, the team is not tired, but they have those same players for so long. Some of them are over 30 now, and uh, I don't think it will be the same, but they still they will favor as well. Okay. All right. Um, I actually sent out some tweets and some messages asking people if they had any questions for you with regards to the World Cup of Football. And mm-hmm. someone called Elvis, he sent me a message saying, can you ask Sufu what Ghana's chances are? 
I don't know, maybe you're a magician and you just know, but that's why he wanted to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of Ghana, the team that they've been building for the last few years, they had a very good tournament in the African Nations, not the last one, the one before. So they have some very, very good attacking players and they have, uh, I think they have the chances as much as uh, anyone else. Okay. Mm. Right. Um, so Elvis, I hope you got an answer. <laughs> Everyone's got a good chance, really. We just really mm. hope and pray our teams do really well. Any thoughts on Nigeria? The the group. Okay, yeah, the group is Group F. He's got Argentina, Bosnia, Iran, and Nigeria. Uh, I think Nigeria is going to go to the second round. Uh, I think they have good chances to go to the second round as well. Uh, I'll be cheering for them as well. Yay! You know? <laughs> That's great. Uh, they are in the group where it's clear that uh, if they take their teams properly, they have every chance to make it to the second round, which I believe they will go. Okay. And, you know, we've got Argentina as well, so I think in that group it might be between Nigeria and Argentina. But then again, you know, it's the World Cup. You can expect anything, right? Uh, like I was saying, the World Cup, I mean, you always have to expect the best from everything that comes there, so you shouldn't take anybody likely. Okay. There have been cases of match fixing. I think it was about last month. Sam Soji, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a Nigerian yeah. football player. Yeah. yeah, I know. He's about five soldiers in England. Oh, yes, there are a lot of them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he, Sam Soji is probably one of the younger ones, probably younger than FA who wished to play for the Super Eagles. Anyways, mm-hmm. he was caught on video talking about how he could fix games and how he, you know, they would pay him things like £50,000, which is a lot of money. And I think he got arrested or pl- people state he's going to be arrested. But do you think it's possible that the action of one person can affect the whole team? Of course. I mean, it only takes one place to score a goal, is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Exactly. So I mean, of course, uh, you don't need to to bribe the whole team to win a game. It's only it's only, it's only takes one person. And I mean, it could be a defender and make a tackle. I mean, you know, and can cause a penalty. Willing, willing. I believe that. I believe so. Wow. You know, it's weird, but I actually thought maybe I'm like, nah, that can't be possible. That's just bluffing. Maybe trying to get money from, you know, gullible people. I don't know why, but I really didn't believe it. Ah, you know, if you don't need to get involved with those kind of people, because always gonna end up uh, in the position he is now. Yeah. If, if it's true. If it's true, exactly. Allegedly, it's still an alleged case. This is um, an audio message I was sent. Hi Patrick, my name is Waiwe and I'm in Coventry. I was wondering, for someone that's retired, you seem to keep really, really fit. Um, my question <laughs> is, how do you maintain such a sexy body? <laughs> that must be somebody that, uh, I don't know, I'm probably that probably seen on a regular basis. Probably. Yes, I mean, yes, I stopped playing professionally, but I still uh, go to my gym. I'm playing with the local team every Saturday to keep my fitness uh, level up. I'm afraid to put from weight, to be fair, so... Right. Yes, I don't keep exercising at this two times a week. Alright, and mm-hmm. I've got another message from Juliana Sodike. She's in Nigeria. And she says, why do you think female football worldwide is underdeveloped? 
It's not actually. It's, uh, it's getting even uh, better and better for them. Uh, if you look at the big number now, you have more teams with more money to to acquire players. Uh, I'm talking about a club like North County, for example. Okay. We just signed players from Arsenal. If you look at uh, Eurosport, sometimes they play uh, Champions League Champions League games. I think in the last few years it's been uh, it's been well uh, well precise uh, compared to the about five years ago. Okay. I was gonna ask in Cameroon, have you got like a female team? You know, like in Nigeria, we've got the Falcons. Have you got yeah, like? We have a, yeah, we do have the female team in Cameroon. So, what's yes. the female team called? The one in Cameroon. Uh, the Lions. Lions. <laughs> I thought it would yeah. be lioness. <laughs> If you want to, but uh, the lioness, yes. All right, all right. Oh, uh, players from that team playing in the, in the Russian leagues, and uh, most of them are in Western Europe. We'll take a short break now, and we'll go back and listen to more music from Joe Blogs. Don't go away. Welcome back, and that was Niger Boy by Joe Bloggs. You know, I got so excited about football, this actually slipped my head, but Joe has actually performed, actually he still performs in a band with a world-renowned musician, so... You know, he's a very talented young man. Um, Patrick, um, let's talk about, you know, your career. Are you still involved in football? Yes, I'm, I'm still very much involved, but uh, on the other side, uh, on, the, uh, on the business side of it. Okay, okay. So you're and, like an uh, agent? Yeah, more or less. I work for CS Sports. I'm okay. consultant for CS Sports, which is based in, in, in London. And okay. And uh, agency company. Yes, I'm still very much involved in the football, even though I have my side business. Okay, um, so basically, are you involved in recruitment, like, you know, getting yes. talents from Africa and things like that? No, from Africa, from everywhere. I mean, uh, you, you sell to clubs what clubs want to buy, is it? Okay. So, <laughs> if it's in China, they, they will come for it. But um, have you successfully like gotten any young players from Africa? Like discovered some, you know, people on the street? Have you found any? No, no, no really, because uh, I work mostly in England, and you oh. know, like me, to play in England, you have to be uh, full international. Yes. Then, uh, and then you must have played seventy-five percent of the game of your national the last two seasons oh. before you, before you be uh, can be awarded the World Cup. Okay. So it's not easy for the yeah. just come here and find a team and start playing. 
Okay. So it seems like a lot of people are coming to Africa, like probably Africans as well, and taking advantage of how naive or uneducated a lot of these people are and taking no, money off them. How, how will you pay to go and do a job you're supposed to be paid for? Mm. If you're good, if you're good, they might be running after you. It's not you going after them. Um, some people are just desperate and, and all that. Yeah. Why being desperate? If you that get into a local team, you might get selected to even a better team locally. You might even be uh, selected to a national team, and that will expose you more. Yeah. So if you if you that good, I think that's uh, the way to go. Okay. So how do you think we can, you know, discourage people from being swindled? Because, you know, some people have dreams and unfortunately because they're not, maybe they live in villages, they don't have a clue, you know, information is limited. So they just hear things, oh, there's a man coming, he's coming to take me to pray abroad and every, a lot of Africans want to go abroad. So, like, what do you think we can do to actually stop this trend of people taking advantage of people? Do you think there's anything that can be done? You know what, i tell you what, this is a very, very good question because... Uh, I've always asked myself that question, and for what I do to people next to me, not very far from me, that I'm not able to touch and speak to, I will tell them, as, long, as much as you want to go there, uh, these same people you want to go to, they travel to Africa and all over the world, South America, everywhere in the world as well, to look for those same players. Yes. So, if you come here and you don't need it, how are you going to live? How will you live? How will you... Uh, uh, eat, what will you eat, what will you eat? I mean, there's so many in France, in Paris, for example, because uh, uh, most of Catalonian wants to go to France because we must be a French-speaking country. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you see guys that were really good, and you can tell if they have stayed home and played locally, they would have got international team at any level, and they would have got picked up, they would have got picked up surely somewhere else. But okay. They're just trying to push, to push it. It's not, it's not, I don't believe in that. I know we all want to help our families or whatever it is, whatever the motivation is. But before you do that, do it where you are before you start doing it in other places. Not to, I mean, it's not saying that we shouldn't go and turn and find a life there for themselves. Yeah. But before you go, especially footballers, you have a league in Nigeria, which is not a bad league, it's very well precise that the Nigerian league is very good. Okay. You have a league in Nigeria, I'll that league. The grass is more greener here than in Nigeria. That's, I think this is, you know, sound advice. Uh, you know, hopefully we can find a way to get the message to young people in the villages, you know, yeah. so they mm. just realize sometimes you just don't, it doesn't come that easy. You need to, that's a problem, yeah. Sometimes people just want to get to the top really quickly. You need to actually pay your dues, you know. Take that gradual step. It just doesn't go. Yeah, for some people, I think some people are lucky, you know. It might just be fast. But you need to work hard, basically. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yes. So, only the hard work pays. We all know that. Yeah, apart from working hard, you have to believe in your own self. You have to make it good. So if I'm good enough to play in Nigeria, I might be good enough to play for the Nigerian national team. Yeah. If I'm good enough for the Nigerian national team, then we're going to have my chance in Europe in a better league. You've had like 
a very good career you know you've you set out to achieve probably a lot of what you wanted do you see yourself you know being involved in management like being a club manager to be fair with you i have i, I have few departments for that but i've never really really seen myself being a, a manager somewhere because i know all the stress all the time all the you have to give a lot because you know uh it's a task, though. It's not his job. Because, I don't know. But okay. I'm not saying never. Yeah. I'm not saying never. So, uh, if a chance come by, why not? Yeah. If I'm go for it. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go out and look for You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, I saw some of your fans from Sheffield. They actually want you back, you know, at any spot. <laughs> Even if you're a manager, you're a player, they just want you. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, yeah, I, I mean, understand. Uh, like I said the other day, we had a very, very good meeting with the Czech United fans. I was, uh, um, it was unbelievable. I did really have a very good time there. I enjoyed the I like the club very much. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we never know. Yes. We might go back there one day. Uh, yeah. Uh, in a different position. Exactly. Why? Uh, I was good. I've always wondered, like, when you play in a team in England and then you have people coming from Africa, people coming from European countries, but, you know, how do you guys communicate? Okay, and then maybe your coach isn't even English. Like, how does everyone understand each other? I've always, you know, wondered about that. I mean, I had a chance to play in Spain. I had a chance to play in Norway. I had a chance to play in Saudi Arabia. I had a chance to play even in Israel. You have to find a way to communicate. And how, you know, uh, I, I was lucky enough to be able to learn very quick. But, okay. uh, mostly, uh, everybody, uh, we always told, we are always told everybody must do his best to speak the local language. Okay. Which, I mean, we walk in here, it's our job, remember? If you want to walk here, you must try to adapt to the people, uh, way of life. Okay. Which is, uh, uh, which is uh, also the language. Okay. So it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy. But English always the prime language anywhere. Oh, right. Oh, right. Okay. Because I always wondered about that. I'm like, why if the coach is saying something in Spanish and then in French it means the opposite? You know, that might cause some, <laughs> <laughs> some communication problems. <laughs> so basically, you speak French, English, Spanish, Norwegian, yeah. Israeli. Norwegian. Uh, Hebrew a little bit, Norwegian a little bit, yeah. Okay, what about Arabic? Forgot Arabic. It's been too long. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got, you know, any last words? Like any personal mantra that can motivate you? Sorry, like motivates you, or maybe you think it could motivate someone else out there. Is there anything you want to say? Um, if you stop trying to be better, like in whatever you do in life every day, even though it's good or perfect, the message is perfect. If you stop trying to uh, to make it any better, that's where you fail. I believe in that. Well, that's really encouraging. Yes, basically, yeah, I no, totally. Even in your job, even though your job, I believe you're doing your job properly, but you still need to. Perf- I mean, you still need to try and make it better every day. I love that. Thank you so much, Patrick. It was absolutely. <laughs> wonderful having you chat with me we really enjoyed it and thank you so much oh and happy birthday again
I've had a great show and I really, really enjoyed it. Football is something I've loved since I was four years old, so I'm always excited whenever the World Cup comes around. And Patrick is a great guy. I've learned a lot from him, especially that in Israel, people do not speak Israeli. They speak Hebrew. <laughs> so it was good to learn that. Like Patrick said, the grass is not any greener in Europe than it is in Africa. We can be anywhere we want and do whatever we want. There are no barriers and no limitations. That is why we need to make sure that we change ourselves, our families, our communities, so we have a better society. And then, you know, we break down those barriers. So basically, I really appreciate him saying that. And he also said, you know, you can't just, you know, be relaxed thinking you're the best. You need to always keep going, learn more. And I totally agree with him. Trafficking is a huge problem in Africa. A lot of people might not know this, but people are actually trafficked in the name of football. I've got someone from my village who some years ago, he told me he was going to play football abroad. And I was looking at him because he was, you know, about 35. And I'm wondering what team would sign a 35-year-old that has never played professionally. Yeah, he's a good football player from what people in the village have seen. But I mean, he's not done anything professionally. This rogue agent actually came took a lot of money off him and his family and then sent him to some african country my cousin who told me this is not too sure of what country he's in but basically he's stranded now his family keeps sending him money because they want him to come back to nigeria but he just doesn't want to come back without you know anything so he keeps giving the money to these rogue agents because they keep saying we're organizing trials basically what they do they take him to stadiums and you know make him run laps and do exercise and get some other people who have been in the you know tricked into the same situation he's in get them to play football sometimes against each other so he actually feels he's got a chance of being professional it's a shame but people take advantage of people i mean we need to try and educate people to understand that you know, like Patrick said, you need to start from somewhere. You need to play in a local league. I actually had no idea you had to represent your country before you could even be considered to play in the UK. So, I mean, it's something that we need to find a way to get these messages out to vulnerable people so they don't get swindled. Um, I think it was in 2006. I can't remember his name now, but a young Nigerian boy was trafficked to some country in Asia with drugs. He was sent to the country. You know, he was told he was going to play football. And he was excited and he went with whatever it was they gave him at the airport. It turned out that, you know, he had drugs on him. You know, when I he was executed subsequently, which was a very sad story, but the Asians don't joke when it comes to drugs, you know, like they would ex execute a citizen in a heartbeat. So some people said, oh, it's racism. No, it's not racism. The thing is, you can't break the law. But it was sad because I really believed and I still believe that that young man was tricked. He was gullible and someone took advantage of his ignorance and made him do that. So this is something we need to focus on. Try to stop trafficking. Try to educate people to understand there is no shortcut to it. You need to go about it the right way. You do not pay money to an agent, you know. So that's definitely something that we need to work on. To ensure that young people do not keep falling victim, you know, in situations where they even lose their lives. Because I think that's just terrible. It's been a great show. Yes. <laughs> Football. Yay. Brazil's coming up. So we've got two competitions. First one is for any viewer, like, you know, everyone. We've got a chance to give away a free, um, a free hairdo or a manicure. It's your choice at Mohair. 
Mohair is located at number five, on number 5A, IBB way, GRA phase three, Port Harcourt, right behind Casablanca. So if you, you know, if you're interested in getting that free hairdo or that free manicure, all you have to do is listen. Last week, I listed 10 reasons I love Nigeria. If you can tell me my first, fifth, and seventh reasons for loving Nigeria, then you get a chance to win. Tweet us, email, or, you know, write on Facebook. Or comment on any of the platforms where you listen to the show and just say what my first, fifth, and seventh reasons for loving Nigeria were. You know, it's going to be for one person, but I think I'll just up it to three. Yeah. So first three people to give the right responses and you win. Um, so right. And then in honor of the World Cup, right now we're having a poll. So if you can correctly predict what two teams would be in the World Cup finals, like play the proper finals, then you get a chance to get 10,000 Naira. But then if you're that psychic and you can accurately say the amount of goals in that game correctly, you get up to 25,000 Naira. So that's something that, you know, I wish I could take part, but I can't because I host the show. All right, so thank you very much for joining us. And remember what Patrick said, the grass is not any greener in Europe than it is in Africa. Uh, Take care of yourselves and each other. Don't forget to spread the love. Aloha. Yeah.